welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Oh, how am I doing? I don't, um, I don't know. Uh, well, I'm, you know what? We'll save it. I'm in a good mood. Okay. Uh, and part of it is because the uh, contrarian uh, movie nerd in me got a big kick out of the world's other great movie nerd contrarian this week. <laughs> um, and I, uh, uh, I, I, but I want to wait until we have maybe bring our guest in to see if he's aware of the story. Sure, and and see if we can have some fun talking about what happened in the, the New York the Film New Critics Circle, Circle, yeah, yeah, uh, awards, um, which I. Oh, it just delighted me. It delighted me ever so much. It reminds um, me of a, a line that I love so much from the movie Jackie Brown, where... Uh, you're actually or, to be beautiful? <laughs> no, not quite that. <laughs> but uh, where Ordell says about Melanie, he goes, you know, you can't trust Melanie, but you can always trust Melanie to be Melanie. You can't trust Armand White, but you can always trust him to be him. Um, and by the way, I'll just say, we don't know for sure that he is actually the one who said any of that stuff, by the way, just saying that I want to make sure. Okay. We'll, we'll get to that uh, later, uh, but that's how I'm doing. I'm in a good mood because stories about Armand White always cheer me up. Uh, it's an odd instinct emotionally, but that's fine. And you know what? We'll get into it. Fair enough. Um, so how are you? I'm fine. Okay. We have a guest, but we want to, uh, we got to want to knock out some of these sponsors, yeah. you know? As always, look, we do not know if the guest stands by these products, and so we got to get them out of the way. Look, in most cases, we don't know if we stand by the products. Usually, we're talking about stuff we're not aware of yet. That's true, yes. <laughs> but, but in this, in this case, case exactly. we, we know absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, HIT! Exclamation point is back. HIT! What was that? HIT! Thank you. Is back with a brand new Kickstarter campaign to finance issue two, which picks up right where the first issue left off. Hitman Connor Connolly is stranded in Hot Springs, Arkansas, with two bullets in his body and no idea how things went so wrong. He receives help from a mysterious stranger who has a peculiar interest in his well-being. Along with Hit Issue 2, the guys over at Gentleman Baby Comics will be kicking off a second comic series called Come In Closer, which follows a teenager in 1970s St. Louis as he befriends an enigmatic musician named Saturn. The goal is $3,500. Rewards include copies of the comic, t-shirts, commissioned art, and the opportunity to be drawn into the comic. Check out the Kickstarter by clicking on the ad at BattleshipPretension.com. You can also find out more information at GentlemanBabyComics.com, or as David calls it, www.GentlemanBabyComics.com. Okay, so that is hit, exclamation point. Okay, uh, now now that our guest has been made aware of our silly uh, running inside jokes, and has um, started down the only the beginning of a long path of second guessing whether he should have come here yeah. tonight. Uh, maybe we should introduce him. Uh, what about and, uh... oh look? So here's what you want to do to make sure you hear our guest in the perfect timber and pitch. Mm-hmm. By the way, I don't know the difference between timber and pitch. In fact, I'm not even sure that I know what either one of them are. I thought it was like a cop show from the '70s. <laughs> um, so if you want to, if you want to listen to the soundtrack to Timber and Pitch. <laughs> Which was, who would have done the soundtrack to Timber and Pitch? Quincy Cross? Quincy Jones, I think. Oh, okay, okay. I was thinking it was a different kind of uh, cop show. Mm. Um, Now I want to watch it. I know. Timber and Pitch? (laughs) Come on. What you want to do is make sure you have your tweakedaudio.com slash pretension earbuds in nice and snug and tight. And uh, if you don't have those, I feel sorry for you. Um, But 
uh, well, you know, look, if you don't have those, I feel sorry for you, son. I got 99 problems, but earbuds aren't one. Um, You go to tweakedaudio.com. That's your home for professional quality earbuds in a variety of styles and colors. Uh, and if you go to tweakedaudio.com slash pretension, you get that stuff for one third off and you don't have to pay anything for shipping. It is a good thing that Bruce already likes us because if he listened to the way we talk about his product, th- the product is good. Well, we, but we, 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 we find every, we find every possible way we can to obscure the fact that we are talking about his product, but that's all right. You've heard about it for like two years now. So, okay. But yes, let's move on. Let's introduce our guest enough talking about the wonderful tweakedaudio.com earbuds slash uh-huh. pretension earbuds thank you um and let's get to our guest so yeah, i said we were going to introduce him but i mean you yeah because the person who booked the guest is burdened with the introduction <laughs> that, hmm, i feel like that's now, how i think of it I feel because like okay as we talked about when we had asterios uh on i i get really nervous about introducing people because i'm 100 percent sure i'm going to get their name wrong even if they're my friend <laughs> I, I can't argue with that. Yes. And so, and with the so, Stereos Coconuts, yes, I understand. But, um, okay. So uh, a little bit of background. Best of luck to you. So, uh, one of our writers and an occasional guest, Josh Long, uh, frequently works as uh, an assistant director. And, uh, last year at Comic-Con, he, uh, pulled up a web series that he had worked on called I Hate It. And I thought it was very funny. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I kind of forgot about it for a while because <laughs> I, I got, I got, caught up in comic-con um oh that'll happen and then i returned to it the fog of con oh my god absolutely they call it obviously my i now have to say con you Uh, didn't have to i i feel like i had to i feel like the the, look we don't want to disappoint the listeners (laughs) any more than we already have um but uh but yeah and so uh then uh like a month or two ago I remember like, hey, I found that one thing to be remarkably funny. I'm going to go watch more episodes. So I watched them. I enjoyed them tremendously. And then I remembered that Josh had worked on another web series by these same people. And so I watched that and enjoyed that. And I thought, you know what? These people are on the on the Internet. We're on the Internet. Let's bring these things together. We're, we're all young, networking dudes. Yeah. We've all got facial hair and glasses. <laughs> we're, all, we're all here. So I, uh, I decided to uh, email one of the uh, creative forces behind the web series Research, and I hate it, and his name is Kale McCann. Am I saying that right? Yeah, well Kale done. Kale McCann. Thank all you. Right. Appreciate that. Uh, Kale, welcome to Battleship Pretension. Glad to be here. Uh, we're glad to have you. I want to ask you about your name. Because I didn't want to get it. I, even though I watched, I hate it and research. Uh, well, I sure. don't know. You don't say your name in research, do you? But you do on I hate it. Yes. And so I knew how to say it, but I was still because it has an odd spelling. Your first sure. name. Yeah. I, I I get nervous. It's like an anxiety. Yeah, word. it's a hard name to read. So mm-hmm. it, it's spelled. How do you spell? K A H L E. And what what is that? It's a the Welsh. No, it's actually um, from Germany. It was. Mm-hmm. It used to be spelled K E H L. Apparently, there was a bunch of Jews living in a valley in Germany, in the throat of the valley, and apparently K-E-H-L means throat. I don't know. I read that somewhere on the internet. Uh, So they were the Kales. Then they came over in the 1700s to America. I guess we had some problems. Americans had some problems with the pronunciation, so they just turned the E to an A. Uh, Then then it, I guess, was probably hard to know that it was a long A sound, so then they tagged the E on the end, but left the H, which has just caused more problems, but that's where we've landed. And so anyway, that's my grandmother's maiden name, so to keep the name name in the family, 
uh, it's now my middle name, which I go by. Oh, I all see. right. I see. Yeah. Uh, then, if you, first off, do you have any kids? Nope. Do you plan to? Uh, yeah, someday. Will you name him Kale Jr. or whatever Kale? No, I probably Jr. won't have a junior anywhere in there. But you could call him KJ. Okay. <laughs> I get that's a lot of enthusiasm. You're you could call him KJ. <laughs> For some reason, I was really excited about that. And uh, you're welcome in advance. Uh, yeah, I'd, uh, yeah, I'll find a way to work it in there. You know, you don't want to <laughs> drop it. I feel like I've been given some uh, responsibility as a name bearer. Mm-hmm. Just to carry that on. My last name, by the way, is Bax, B-A-X. And, okay. Uh, um, apparently, my my one of my grandparents had a uh, sort of history done, and uh, we are also from Germany, and our name was Bach, like the composer. Oh. For all I know, I'm related. To Probably you, are, Sebastian. Uh, I hope so. I can see the resemblance. <laughs> I, I'm actually a little more excited about the idea of being related to Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. And Gilmore Girls. But uh, yeah. there's a possibility that I'm related to one or both of them. Probably all of them. I hope so. When your last name is Smith, you are freed from the burden <laughs> of wondering about your past. Because you're never going to know. So why even bother? Joseph Smith, obviously. All no of question about yeah, it. That's yes. That's a big one. Yeah. Yes. And you also had a, some, like, your uh, ancestors had some sort of job where <laughs> they probably built things. Oh, it stands to right. reason. Made yeah. things out of metal, maybe. Yeah, they would be so proud to see some sort of my, smithing area. My podcasting <laughs> ways. And be yeah. like, ah, yes. You, you chose to steer away, out, away from the skid. No, you're a podsmith now. Oh, fast. Yeah, you're... Well, I got to start a third show now and just call it that, obviously. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so Kale, let's... Uh, oh, can I continue talking about how, just my name? By all for means. Two, just for a little bit, because it's it bothers me. Okay, the vegetable kale mm-hmm. just is only relatively recently coming into its popularity. I, yeah, I, I know it's growing. because I assume that it has existed for a long time. Right. But I never heard of it until like a year and a half ago. So I get, yeah, it's always existed as far as time goes, I guess, <laughs> um, as, as some sort of a, a plant life. Well, and then people just started eating it and thinking, hey, this is iron-rich uh-huh. superfood. Well, and particularly living in L.A., where people are crazy about that stuff it's all i hear about like if they see my name spelled they don't get it right then when if they just hear it oh my name's kale and they're like uh, like the like the plant <laughs> or uh oh, i just had some kale for lunch is that your favorite thing <laughs> oh, or man. uh yeah so i get a lot of recipes for <laughs> kale it's a joke that never that is old was old like instantly right. well here's what you gotta name your kid now no longer kj quinoa Quinoa, yeah, just to, but by then it'll be, we'll figure out that that causes cancer and <laughs> nobody will be eating that anymore. You know I hope so. I'm not on board with quinoa. Oh, yeah? I, you know, I kind of like, like it. Of, I like a, I like a kale chip. It's real weird. We'll back to the kale thing. Yeah. With quinoa, I don't know. I never feel like, I never feel like I ate anything after I had quinoa. Yeah, I don't it's feel just full. a bunch of weird, you have to have it in, like, in some other kind of context. Like, like a quinoa burger? Like some kind of something, like some substantive thing. Like right. you don't just want these like little bubbles of. Blech. I do not recall what quinoa. A quinoa Wait, is. am I thinking of the right thing? I yeah, get, yeah, no, you're talking. Yeah, little, I, yeah, the like, little bally things. The but then there's the, there's another thing that's a potato. But I what is that one? I get the quinoa and that thing confused. It's it's a potato. It's a type of, like I think it's a potato ish some like sort a, of like starch. A, so it's like a tuber. It's a starchy thing. I don't know. Anyway, but then McCann uh, I, uh, is almost inevitably instantly uh, converted to McCain, and that hmm. that has always plagued me. 
um, from forever. And huh. even if, like, I could tell someone, oh, hey, um, what's your name? Kale McCann. Well, Mr. McCain, it's great to meet you. <laughs> it's like, is that, is that what you heard? Did you, did I say it, did I say it wrong to you? They're just assuming, like, he may yeah. say McCain. Is McCann an unusual name? You're the second one I, I've known. I don't think it's unusual. Yeah. I think for some reason people just love, like, long, flat A, long A's. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair well, enough, I guess, yes. I mean, I guess you can't blame him. That's a stronger A sound, I think. Yeah. Ah, uh, so... <laughs> Ah. Yeah, yeah. What a true. what a whiny, <laughs> terrible noise to put into a language. <laughs> but a like the Fonz did that exactly. He made it cool. People wanted to be a, and that's the thing is you they're doing they, me a favor. Actually, <laughs> they say kale. They're already thrilled. Yeah, because they, they got the a. But then McCann it. comes along like, ah, you know what? I'm just gonna uh, we're I'm gonna, gonna say this. I'm gonna yeah. inconvenience this guy. I'm gonna force him to correct me. But right. I at least get to say A twice. Right. We're going to walk this syllables. out. We're going we're gonna to walk this A thing out. We're going to see it to completion. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I wanted to say, um, whenever somebody makes a joke about your name, they're actually saving you a lot of time. And so you should thank you. Thank them. Because then it's like, all right, I'm not investing in this relationship. That's the end of that. <laughs> sure. Well, th- th- I, if I did that, I would lead a very lonely life. And it's like almost though? instantly... But anybody that would make that joke, really, I mean, I wouldn't mean, it be best to be lonely point. as opposed to talking to that person? Yeah, sure. I, I think <laughs> I might have lost a job because I oh. pointed that out once, though, because uh, I was at an audition and somebody was like, uh, oh, Kale, I just had Kale for lunch. And oh. I said, uh, thanks. And then he's like, oh, I bet you get that joke a lot. And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, now I'm ashamed of myself <laughs> and so the person you don't want to shame the person hiring you apparently i don't know i don't work often enough so it's you could always say. say uh you know well you can make it up to me and uh, cast me in this role i could have done yeah. that and then i would have felt like a shyster and a swindler um that's not probable i'm not gonna be really shysting it's more of a i i once i started a new job now my name is david and most people call me david and some people call me Dave, sure. um, and my fiance calls me Davey sometimes, um, which I enjoy uh, coming from her. Nice. Um, but um, there was a time when I hated being called Dave. I hated being called anything other than David. Not sure. I don't really care anymore, but it was a big thing to me when I was young. And I started a new job, like a video store or something, and one of my new coworkers asked me, is it, is it Dave or David? And I said, oh, everyone calls me David. And this guy, I don't know what he was thinking, um, he said, uh, I think I'm going to be the one guy who calls you Dave. Oh. And what I said, this is true. I didn't lie, but I said it to make him feel bad. I said, yeah, my dad called me Dave, <laughs> which is true. My dad did call me Dave and he is also no longer with us. And so I didn't lie, but I said it specifically to make that guy feel horrible. And he never called me Dave. Of course not. <laughs> Finally, we got to get something out of our dead dads, David. Come on. Um, oh, this Took a real dark turn. <laughs> oh, listeners are used to it. Yeah. We're, um, we're part of the club. We talk about it. We stopped crying about that a long time ago. Sounds hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's... Well, you got you got more about the na- about names? No, I, w- I wanted to ask our guests some questions. Okay, I was, I was moving into it, Dave. Yeah, but there's, I like to ask, where are you from? Okay. okay, sure. I'm like a tour of the South. Okay. I think I was born in... Uh, here, here we go. I'm going to take you on that tour. I was born right. in Oklahoma. Well, let me stop you right there. Oh, jeez. Tulsa. Uh, well, that's a good uh, 
Okay, so uh, yeah, you, you don't ask what? me a question about Tulsa. I left when I was an infant. I'm saying I I'm from St. Louis. Tyler okay. lived in near near Springfield, Missouri. Okay, Tulsa. We're all along Highway 40, Interstate 44 here. This is we're all connected <laughs> by Interstate 44, which is uh, that's I, great. I, I feel that we've gotten to know each other a little better. Um, but what I the pl- first place I want to stop you is, uh, and this is an honest question. I'm not trying to be glib at all. Do people from Oklahoma consider themselves Southerners? Is that considered a Southern know. state? I, I know that people from Texas do. Sure, sure. Uh, which, you know, being mostly from the actual South, like Georgia and South Carolina, uh, North Carolina, those other places where I was getting to. Um, I, like, I would say that, like, Texas is like the West. Like, when you think of Wild West, you think, like, Texas and then Arizona, New Mexico. Sure, sure. Like, I'd lump Texas in there. Right, right. So that seems more like the West than the South. Texas is really to big. Like, I guess it Texas depends. Yeah, is very much like the South, right? Because it's like Louisiana. probably like you have the accent. I think in terms of accent, if it's got the accent, then it's the South, right. which I realize is not the best way of thinking of it. Because there are places in in Southern Illinois that have that accent. Yeah, but I also would suggest that it seems like people from Texas would just claim that Texas is its own. Is it's really, it's kind of its own thing. Right. It, that would, unless, I would agree. Yes. Unless they were just super proud of being Southerners. But as far as Oklahoma goes, huh, like I didn't really stick around long enough to get any, any sort of like state pride. Okay. So from Oklahoma, you went to Georgia. Nope. From Oklahoma. Sorry. I said all those other States, uh, in the opposite order Oh. from, um, Oklahoma. I went to North Carolina. What part? Uh, Greenville, North Carolina, which. Oh, Greenville. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know where that okay, is. Okay, of course. <laughs> I think it's on the – closer to the eastern side of the state. I don't okay. really remember. I left one there when I was five. Uh, then we went to Georgia, Columbus, Georgia, which is about an hour and a half west of – southwest of Atlanta. And then I spent most of my junior high and high school years in South Carolina in Anderson, which is – this is super boring. Um, Not to me. This, this is why I was like, David, stuff David loves this stuff. <laughs> Which is uh, on closer to the border of like the Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina border. But it's interesting. So not Charles, not the Charleston. No, area. the complete opposite side of the state. I see. Um, the interesting thing, the sociologically interesting thing for me has been the fact that for because of the ages that I moved to those places, I spent um, – Every, like, phase of my life was spent in a different geographic location. So, infancy, I was born one place, did preschool in one place, elementary school in a different place, junior high, high school, then college was in Tennessee, grad school in Virginia. So, all kind of the South, but all, like, different. And then my adulthood, working life in Los Angeles. So, like, uh, so each, so I always just sort of assumed that uh, any new life-changing th- event would also involve a move of some sort. Like, oh, so that's any, why you don't have kids yet because you haven't moved. Fa- yeah, if yeah. I, yeah. If <laughs> like I become off, a family man, yeah. If I become a family man, I'll have to be in a different <laughs> geographic location, I suppose. Um, one, one more question about, uh, um, you said you went to college in Tennessee. What, uh, where, uh, in uh, Tennessee? Lee University. Lee, yes. Again, you don't, you don't know what that is. No, no, it's a small Christian college, like three thousand people or something. Okay. Students. It was, that's what it was. It's probably more now. What is it? What what city is it near? Chattanooga. Okay, mm. I've never been there. It's just north of Chattanooga. Okay. Well, this is fun. In Knoxville, a little south of Knoxville. Okay. We we've heard of Knoxville, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I've heard of uh, 
Nashville. That's it's Nashville. about like I've six hours away. Memphis. Ten hours away. Okay. Can it be in the same state and be ten hours away? I oh, did sure. not realize that. It's a long state. Tennessee, yeah, sure. Tennessee is it's it's wide, sure, but not tall, right? Not particularly. It tall, only so. takes like a half hour to go like north and south across <laughs> I think the that's state. An exaggeration, but it takes like thirteen hours to go <laughs> east to west. Little known fact. Ten hours from Memphis. See, <laughs> this is fascinating to me. That's that's also kind of a guess. Maybe it maybe it's three hours to Nashville, ten, six hours to Memphis instead of six mm, and well, ten. Oh, technology. Okay. Um, While David's looking this, well, up. I've already looked up famous people named McCann. <laughs> oh, there's a there's uh, my first name is uh, Marcus, which is what I used to go by. Which uh-huh. is also for the same reason you don't like to go by David, or you don't like to go by Dave. I didn't uh-huh. like to go by Mark. Which people just assume that, oh, if you're Marcus, you probably wanted to be shortened mm. to this other name, which I didn't. So that was another reason. Anyway, so I started saying that story about my name. Marcus McCann. Is there a famous Because, Marcus oh, McCann? yeah, he's a poet. Oh. Okay. There is a, I don't know how famous he is, but there is a Marcus McCann who is a poet. Well, looking at, I'm reminded of who, to me, the most famous, uh, after Kale, the most famous McCann is Brian McCann, who does characters for Conan. Uh, oh yes. yes, yes, I like him a lot. Oh, I should get in touch with him. Um, okay, <laughs> got the same last name. Right, yeah, I'm gonna look. Can up. you get me a gig? That'd be great. Yeah. Now what's the, okay? I so, mean nepotism, right? Yeah, obviously so, that's okay. What's, what what time was your university in? This is fascinating. Cleveland, Tennessee. Cleveland, Tennessee. All right, Tyler, you ask your questions, which will be nowhere near as interesting to me as mine were. <laughs> Listeners, you write in to <laughs> David at BattleshipRetention.com and you let him know what is more interesting. Uh, so, okay. So, you went to a college at Lee University right. named after... Who knows? Probably the f- president of the college, not the general. Oh, okay. Stands to reason. All right. Fair enough. Um, and uh, did you study... Uh, did you have a major there and like uh, <laughs> or just sort or, of like artistic? flitted around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I majored in communications with an emphasis on drama. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they didn't like to say theater because that was somehow less godly, I think. <laughs> well, you never know what's going to happen with that RE. Five hours, 29 minutes. To from, Memphis. From Memphis to Cleveland. Okay. Uh, Cleveland, Tennessee. So, and then three hours to Nashville? Uh, I looked it up. Nashville does, looking at the map, I mean, I want to trust the experts over at Google, but looking at the map, Nashville looks a lot closer. Well, I mean, definitely it's closer. I just... Okay, so the 10 hours came from somewhere else. Maybe Memphis David, to can Cleveland, you, can Ohio. David, can you map out how quickly my fist can go to your face? <laughs> Two and a half hours to Memphis. <laughs> Two and a half hours to Nashville is what I meant to say. Two and a half, okay. So what I'm well, saying is maybe Memphis to Cleveland, Ohio is 10 hours. Well, I'd have, I would have no reason of <laughs> using that timeline. Maybe, like, I've never been to Cleveland, Ohio. Maybe you're some kind of, like savant when it comes to like <laughs> driving directions and you're not we're just stumbling on it now because of my completely asinine questions well it's, how is it's not, it, it's less of a savant if i can't <laughs> like, you just know it takes 10 hours to, to get, get to somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> from from point a to any point b <laughs> to some point b not any point but just some random you're the a fact that somewhere is 10 hours from cleveland oh, tennessee right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you drove, if you drove ten hours in any direction from Cleveland, Tennessee, you would be elsewhere. Yes. <laughs> All right, David. Okay. Here's what fascinates me. Yes. I invite the guest, 
And then you do everything you can to totally sabotage my episode <laughs> with your ridiculousness that admittedly I do find surprisingly endearing. Okay, I'm glad that you find it endearing. Um, all right, it was either this or ask the guest about sports because that's the other thing I do to alienate Tyler. Uh, <laughs> Which would also alienate I, 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 I can play table tennis. Hey, all right. All right. You guys could talk about I, that. I don't know famous people in table tennis, though. Forrest, Forrest Gump. Gump. Obviously, yes. And the okay. communist that he sure. played against. Right? Yeah, Just a random communist. Um, so, okay. Back to school. Back to college. Can I go on to the savant thing? Sorry. I just, <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm not a savant, but so it reminded me uh, that, like, I can't, I have such a weird memory. I, I don't remember people's names real well, but I can remember the vowel sounds in them. Uh-huh. Like, so, like, I'll rem- I just will remember, like, so if somebody named, like, em- if I meet an Emily, then it's not, it wouldn't be crazy for me to think her name was, like, Elizabeth or, like... Becky, like just the uh sound uh-huh. is what sticks. And then if she's like, no, it's Harriet. Then I'd be like, ah, see, <laughs> I knew sense. there was an yeah. E there somewhere. Savant is, I guess, a way May- to describe that. <laughs> it's kind of a, it's kind of a superpower. So if next time I see you, you call me Nathan, I won't be offended. You shouldn't be because I, I knew that there was some sort of a A or I could have latched onto the I. <clears throat> Like, who knows? Eric. Yeah. People, people regularly, when I was younger, people often thought my name was Kyle. Oh, yeah. Uh, sure. huh. Yeah, which is weird. Because of the Y? Because the Y followed by an L, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, my name Lyle. Is Lyle, if my name was Lyle, I would... Love it? No! <laughs> Zing! I'm sorry, the episode is over now. <laughs> yeah, Where good, else can we go? That's a good note to end on. <laughs> okay. Um, can we just repeat that joke like, at the <laughs> end of the... <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. What were you going to ask about I actual do... things, actual yeah, reasons? I'm, I'm done. I have no more rabbit trails. <laughs> things that might, uh, might actually relate to uh, the episode. Um, yeah, so, so in college, all right, so communications, zeroing in. On drama, pardon me, wait, drama, not yeah, theater. not theater. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, who needs it? Um, so you, uh, as an actor, It was I an assume? emphasis, not a minor. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I just liked theater. I took communications because I was under the impression that you needed a degree in something that was useful. Had I known that all people cared about was just a degree, uh-huh. I would have gotten it into something else. But, like, I thought about uh, getting a degree in theology. But then I was like, I don't want to preach. So, well, there's no need in getting a theology degree. Uh, English. I use English, but I don't want to teach. There's no reason to get an English degree. <laughs> Everybody communicates. Uh-huh. I'll do communication. And that's how that went. I and then I can get that. a job in communications. So, uh... And then... Well, now, I mean, you're you're making these these videos. That's how I am aware of you now. Sure. Thanks to Tyler. Um, were you involved in 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 writing your own uh, sketch comedy or, or whatever when you were doing theater? Right, theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I did write some stuff. Actually, I was talked out of writing a play, <laughs> which was annoying. Before um, you'd started? No. Yeah. Well, because it was my the- my senior thesis. I had an idea. I was going to do. Um, I was going to do a like three small plays that all like bel- melded into one. One was called Hey I Eat Rocks. The other one was Entertaining Angels, which was just, just angels doing stand-up comedy. 
Um, <laughs> and then uh, Sudden Death, which the musical, mm-hmm. which was just people dying randomly and singing. Um, nothing to do with the Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, right. Nothing to do because it's nothing to do. Sudden Death, the musical. Uh, and also, surprisingly, nothing really to do with what later came out of that title, Sudden Death, which has an exclamation point um, that that I later wrote the lyrics for. Um, but anyway, so I was going to do that. I was going to write it and then put it on. And then my advisor was like, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> and you only have this semester to do it. Is that the best use of your time? And I was like, oh, okay. And so being See, that's, very... That's essentially like Robin Williams and Dead Poets Society <laughs> right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in terms of inspiration. Yeah. More like just kind of sitting behind the desk as opposed to <laughs> right. standing on it. Uh, so I decided uh, to just wait until the day before the project was due and write as like the first act of a feature or like a short film or something that I had that became nothing. Uh, I was very easily deterred. Was Um, that advisor fired or like uh, run out of town or something like that? Because I feel like that's really (laughs) like, hey, this is college. No place for ambition. (laughs) Yeah, let's... That sounds like a lot of work. You know where it's... You know, like school where it's nice and safe, where you're free to fail at something... Just, you know, keep things, focus on getting a nice C plus if you can, you know, no A (laughs) students here at Lee. Yeah. I think he just assumed that I would fail right away. So then I just put the least amount of work into anything. So I just kind of went the opposite direction. It's been uh, one of my personal failings actually Uh is if somebody gives me slack, I'll, I'll take it, which was actually the problem of grad school. Um, I went to grad school specifically to become a more disciplined writer and then where was this um oh i probably shouldn't say the name because of all your like listeners because they still haven't given me a degree yet oh okay (laughs) so i want to try to talk them into doing that Hmm. uh because i never finished oh (laughs) because it just just, because once again i got to my final project (laughs) and it's like ah that sounds, sounds too hard no so i just ended up not finishing that but um but anyway, but they gave me so much slack that I actually became a less disciplined writer. Hmm. Interesting. And now I'm So what brought you to the Los Angeles bones. area? And how long have you been out here? I came out here for a writing program called Act One. Uh, and I've been out here for seven years. Wow. To the day. This is not the anniversary. I just said that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that would be awesome. I think it was like July 4th. Oh, all right. Of 2006. Wow. You declared your independence of, of grad school and uh, other places. <laughs> and the South. Yeah, right. Yes. To come to another Southern location, just in opposite end. They call it- I made a hand gesture there that you yeah. can't see. <laughs> I feel like and people got it. I feel like they could hear it. It carries. Yeah, yeah. That plays. But, but the hand gesture plays. They call this the Southland, the whole Los Angeles, like, oh, yeah. the whole, like, metro area. Yeah, and that's a TV show. Yeah. I, do people... I don't. I'm trying to think if I knew that it was called Southland. Well, I guess Southland Tales, the the movie. Yeah, which I immediately guy. when I first heard that, I assumed it took place in Texas. But I think that was the first time that I heard Los Angeles metro area referred to as the Southland. Yeah, I don't. I, like, don't, I, don't I use like it, it now regularly, but I don't still don't really understand where it comes from. Southern California, but it, like the, San Diego isn't part of the Southland. 
and it's even further south. Take that, San Diego. Yeah. (laughs) Burn. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Nothing makes any sense, David. Yeah. Just uh, end it all, like, cut to, like, three feet dangling, three feet, (laughs) three three pairs of feet (laughs) dangling from the ceiling. Um, So you come out here for the, uh, I want to get to these, uh, these these videos like that I, I hate it in research yeah, and, and other stuff that, that that Tyler didn't uh, send me to watch but I should watch because um, oh, you haven't really, you haven't seen them yet no I watched the I watched and I hated in a research Just yesterday one. okay one of each which episode um well research the first I watched one? the first one the pilot okay yeah. and I hated is that, is that a series as well I watched the it's not um uh, episodic okay. serial. Right, right. I, but I watched that, the right. Pacific Rim one with uh, so the first with one. our friend Doug Jones, oh, friend of the show Doug Jones. Yes. Oh, he's been on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course he has. Uh, yeah, we know everybody. <laughs> yeah, and I mentioned to you I have another podcast. Right. He was on oh, that yeah. one too. Doug Great. will do. It would appear yeah. anything. Yeah, <laughs> he's a very uh, accommodating you, guy. Yeah, if you're looking for an actor, contact Doug Jones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> End of story. Yeah, per- that's period. Yeah, if you have no budget or a minimal budget he'll work for free he might pay you that's how accommodating <laughs> doug jones is he's yeah. the nicest guy in the world and by the way you're gonna get a hug yeah you you'll get doug a jones. big fat affectionate hug probably a spanking <laughs> as well and a, and a face cup um, uh yes okay i've seen he didn't do the face cup to me but i've seen him do it to other people in retrospect i'm kind of happy he didn't do it to me because of all the other people he had just done it to (laughs) you didn't get all their face cheese on your face uh i just said face cheese yeah it was gross super gross yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway let's talk about these videos because i I liked i I really liked them a lot especially being a movie guy i sound like like you liked them a lot because you saw the one it's the one that you stopped <laughs> after. You think I just sit around all day waiting for people to come over to Tyler's house and record podcasts? I got stuff to do. Sure. So sure. yeah, I didn't watch all of them. I will okay. get. I will get to more of them. Okay. Do we hey, have K- a clip? Hey, hey, Kale. I've watched them all. Thanks. Thanks, Tyler. I don't necessarily care for all of them, but I like them all. <laughs> Which one's your least favorite? Oh, is it weird to say the whole of research? Okay. Okay. Because I thought that was lackluster. Fine. Oh. I get it. Barry Bostwick. I'm joking, yeah. of course. No, yeah. I thought it was I thought it was very good. Yeah, both of the things I watched had had uh, had Doug Jones. Who's Gary? Uh, had Doug Jones. <laughs> and one of them had Barry Bostwick. And I was uh, very impressed by that. And mm-hmm. also impressed by, not that I should be, but impressed by how funny both of them were. Uh, yeah, they're great. Both things. Yeah. They're super great. <laughs> Just human beings and actors. Great. We're not here to ask you about famous people you know. Oh, okay. Unless there's more famous people you want to talk oh, about. Oh, I know so many famous people. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I want to talk about these 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 videos. Uh, uh, the, and the, do you write them? The, just tell me the, the process of, we'll start of making with re- them. We'll start with research first. Oh, okay. Research uh, the series. Go. Go. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, man. Where to start? Where to begin? Oh, right. So we got Doug Jones, and we're like, we just have to do something with Doug Jones. Um, it's usually how it starts. And then uh, and then we, and so it was born. No, no, Adam and I went to grad school together for a semester. Then we went to, um, then we were, then we went to the writing program that I came out here for. Then we were roommates for a year. And then he got married. Um, and uh, we were, like, we would bounce ideas off each other. Um, and he actually was able to do his ideas cause 
um, he has ambition and motivation <laughs> and, and, um, and was told to do it for class. So he got, he was in USC, um, and, uh, you know, was looking for projects anyway. Uh, so I told him, I threw out an idea, although we remember the story a little bit differently. I threw out an idea, sudden death, the musical, and he remembers it as he was just walking through the room while I was talking to somebody else saying the phrase sudden death, the musical, uh, regardless he decides hey i'm gonna make a musical and call it sudden death uh and then he asked me to write the lyrics so i did so that's how we worked so that's the first thing that we sort of collaborated on not that no it's not uh we did we worked on some of his other short films um uh, as roommates but then we did that and then um but most of the stuff was just like his idea that i would sort of just come alongside and help so we wanted to write something from scratch together to see how that would go um so we made a legit 50 50 partnership in um in research and so we uh, just tried to figure out we thought the office idea was a funny idea like something taking place in an office like that Mm -hmm. dynamic of one guy who's just super confident um but is um really inept um which now that i'm saying it out loud sounds terribly cliche (laughs) and and, um it is you know what here's the thing you say it's cliche but it is one of my favorite cliches is somebody who just it never occurs to them to question hey am i actually good at this (laughs) right so maybe because it hits home you know because uh we've been doing this show for what 350 episodes now 356 356 pardon me so uh one a day for a year (laughs) right that's that's the plan so you you almost caught us on a one year anniversary. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and so okay. uh, oh go on, go on. Um, I'm just, I feel like I'm just, I'm tanking. I'm tanking it. Well, where can people we're, find it? I mean, we'll do this again at the end. But we're, we're, oh well, sure. Let's start there. You can see both of the things. Actually, all three three things mentioned. If you go to YouTube.com/slash mildly fearsome films, um, you can see everything. You can see I hate it. You can see. Research. You could also see research on its own website, which is researchseries.com. But if you want to see everything, just do the YouTube. It's a one-stop shop. Mildly fearsome films. Films. I yes. said productions. No, mildly okay. fearsome films. Oh, they're a production, though. There's uh, no yeah. question about that. Not, okay, well, not let's, one question. Let's transition, and we'll if that comes up again. But what? Uh, let's talk about your, your influences. Let's get into... I guess movies or TV or I mean, are you a sketch comedy guy? Uh, do you? I, mean, I do. I, I'm not. A, I don't do sketch comedy. I do do improv though. Okay. Okay. At I O West. And where did you did you start doing that in in college or did you move into it when you came out here? I did. You know, when I was in taking drama classes in high school, we would do improv games or whatever. But I didn't learn about long form improv until uh, I got out here and. So, so yes, long form improv has been a, has been a pretty recent thing, relatively and recent. Do you, because I, so I, I saw, unfortunately I did not get to watch all of uh, sudden death. It occurred to me shortly before you guys arrived that I had not watched that one yet. So I got about 10 minutes in and thought it was wonderful, but, um, but I did see all the, all the other things, all of them comedy based, mm-hmm. um, was that a goal that you had when you started this is I want to be funny. I want to do comedy or is it just kind of what you've fallen into and you would be happy to go in the dramatic direction if you wanted to, if you could. Yeah, I actually, um, I'm more of a quirk, 
quirky person. So Adam Hall, the director of Sudden Death Research and I Hate It and my co-writer, um, and Dan Prevett, who's a stand-up comedian, was also a writer on I Hate It and the other co-host. Just go watch I Hate It and Research. It's, it's, it's lots of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody in it's super talented. Um Music by Kenny Wood. Sorry, I'm trying to like plug everyone and like not forget <laughs> because they're all super great and worth uh, knowing about. Um, I feel like I'm leaning closer to the mic. Probably a good. Gonna, they, it can't hurt. It's yeah. just going to get like progressively louder, <laughs> like more intimate. Um, but I was asking about your your, your, uh, your influences in terms of do you, are you did are I you, always want to do comedy? That that was was, yeah. What, what so I was going to ignore you your like? question and just answer. <laughs> Uh, Kyle's because Tyler's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did it. You, Mark, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, um, right. So to answer your question, I really like writing quirk, quirky things. So mm-hmm. um, even when I do serious stuff, like I need it to be, I need my fiction to be real fictional. Like I need, if I'm going to write something serious, it would be like serious, but in the future or like in a world with like comic books or um, in a world with comic books, (laughs) our world has comic books Uh, in a world, in a world that is like a comic book, like superhero or like somehow otherworldly. Like Mm. I'm not like, I wouldn't write a good CSI probably, you know, or like a good procedural. Um, unless it had some sort of like, I could write a CSI for, if you know monsters were running the CSI, like crime scene investigation with monsters, that sounds kick-ass. Do you yeah, they did I can do that, but not with human people. They did the thing. It was like a a, a stunt back in like two thousand eight or so, where the writers of CSI and Two and a Half Men switched, and the Two and a Half Men writers wrote a CSI episode, and the CSI writers wrote a Two and a Half Men episode. No, it, I imagine that would. That'd be actually pretty great. Was it I, great? I didn't actually watch the Two and a Half Men episode, but I watched the CSI episode that was written by Two and a Half Men writers, and it was awesome. Partially because the your, your cast was Katie Seagal, uh, Diedrich Bader, oh. and uh, um, I'm drawing a blank on her name. She was in Natural Selection. Rachel uh, Rachel Harris. Rachel Harris. I, can't, I was, kept saying something else. Um, as and Katie Seagal played a sitcom star hmm. uh, who was murdered. Uh, and so they they had fun with mm-hmm. it, and it was actually like really darkly comic. Like the I mean the the last like joke of the show was that Diedrich Bader is essentially bleeding to death, and it's played for comedy. Uh, <laughs> it was actually I really enjoyed that, but I did, I did not watch the flip side. I did not watch the Two and a Half Men written by the CSI writers. Bleeding out mm-hmm. is usually not played for laughs. <laughs> like if it if death is, it's almost always instantaneous death. Like your life right. draining out of you tends not to be played. Well, the, the for... way that, uh, this, this will spoil the episode, but the way that Katie Skull's character was killed was she was an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and whoever killed her was putting like blood thinner into her alcohol, hmm. and then set it up during a stunt during the show that something would go wrong so that when she got hit, I can't remember what it was, when something fell on her or whatever, she bled to death very quickly because of the blood. Diabolical. It didn't, it didn't coagulate. So, um, and then it turns out she'd been having a ferrotegic bader and he had been drinking the alcohol too. And so the last like scene is him cutting himself shaving and then like a little blood comes out and then he just starts bleeding like crazy <laughs> in the bathroom here. <laughs> it was really funny. Man, oh man, that sounds terrible, David. <laughs> It sounds very sad to me. 
Uh, people should people who'd never gave CSI a chance should watch it. It was a really good show. I say it was like it's not on anymore. I just don't watch it anymore. But it was a really good show. <laughs> if you don't time. watch it, it ceases to exist. I, That's... You know, William Peterson's not on anymore. I don't. I don't need to, have, need to have anything to do with that. Fair enough. William Peterson. This is okay. This will get us talking about movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's two things about William Peterson. Um, I think that he could really use a like a role in a Tarantino movie where he's, you know, like Tarantino does these things where he has cast people who used to be cool and famous and Mm. makes them cool and famous again. I think William Peterson would be awesome as like a villain or something in a Tarantino movie. But the other thing I thought about for William, my friend, uh, my friend Sean and I were talking about the remaking the naked gun with Ed Helms. I don't know if you know about this. I just read that today. Uh, yeah. Uh, And, and what we were talking about is the whole point of Leslie Nielsen, even though he had already done airplane and, and, and the police squad and stuff, is that he's not a comedic actor? Yeah, right. And so we were trying to uh, throw out some good i good ideas for who could play a modern day Frank Drebin. We came down to William Peterson mm-hmm. and Andre Brower. Uh, Andre Brower is very yes, but he's all he's. They're getting a lot of mileage out of him, essentially being like very deadpan and stuff in Brooklyn Nine Nine. So oh, they're already kind of doing watch. that, yeah. which is a you know a cop comedy. So what do you guys think of the Naked Gun remake with that helps? <laughs> Uh, we yeah, already why? have the originals. Yeah, why? 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 Just why? We have three of them. Actually, I'm real. I was reading that article today. It was about actually it was about the remake of Point Break that they're going to make. Which Butler? Yeah, and I that it makes me real sad. It makes me real <laughs> sad. And uh, I like I don't like the idea that oh well this worked in the past so let's just re remake it because they're scared to make new things. You know, I just. Just real bo- this really bothers me, guys. And with just, and with Gerard Butler, who I've I don't think I've ever really responded to him as an actor. I thought he was okay in Machine Gun Preacher, despite his not good accent. Um, but like, I've just never. I don't think I ever got it. I always used to do an impre- I used to do an impression of him, but it was not a vocal impression. It was always just this. <laughs> okay, because he would always just do this with his face, and it was weird. It looked like he'd had a stroke or something like that, and he was just. I don't know. And he was, I don't understand his appeal as an actor. Apparently, although uh, one of my wife's friends uh, said that he was like the most attractive man she'd ever seen. Um, so maybe it's that. Okay. Well, let me ask you this then. All right. Now, my friend Sean and I came up with our fantasy casting for the Naked Gun remake. Who, if they're going to remake Point Break, which they shouldn't, it's, no. it's top five action movies of all time for me. Maybe top two action movies of all time for me with Die Hard. Um, but uh, who should play Bodhi and who should play Johnny Utah? I have no idea. There's not a lot of ac- there's not a lot of action stars like. Well, not the Patrick Swayze was necessarily an action star, but he was very. No, like, you could say he was. I mean, think Roadhouse. So. I guess so. Yeah. Like he wasn't like uh, you know jumping out of blowing up buildings or whatever. Yeah, that's true. But so not in the same way that. Um, other famous Bruce Willis became an action star like yeah. so it's not it's not that kind of action which I guess brings up kind of an interesting uh, side topic and okay. we're into this okay you, clearly you have an answer David what yes, is it because I just thought of something <laughs> okay because I know you know um, when you do your fantasy casting on the website damn right it's I'm, one of my favorite things ever and I really enjoy it too and I'm always pushing you to try which you did in a really awesome way with It's Wonderful Life to try switching the races or the genders or whatever just for mm-hmm. fun um, so, listen to this. Point Break remake. Michael B. Jordan is Johnny Utah. Okay. Michael Pena 
as Bodhi. Michael Pena. I don't know. He's a great actor. I think he's. I think he's very good. But somehow, just I, I feel like he doesn't have the, the 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 craziness quality to him. Oh, did you see him on Eastbound and Down? No. Did you see him in uh, Thirty Minutes or Less, which is not a good movie? But he's amazing in it. No. See, you're missing out. This that guy. Are you, are you not a fan of Michael B. Jordan or Michael Pena? <laughs> I am real bad with names. Okay, <laughs> I remember. Michael, I'll remember Michael the, was the vowels in the names. Two of Eastbound and Down. And he was the bad guy in Thirty Minutes or Less. That's how you know him. He was. Oh, those are, the, those are the <laughs> things it. that you know Michael Pena from. He was also in Crash. If you saw Crash, he was in Shooter. I didn't see Shooter, but okay. Wait, no. Yeah, no, I saw Shooter. It seems like I don't know. Michael B. Jordan is the guy who was Fruitvale Station, right? The Wire, Friday Night Lights, yeah, Chronicle, and Chronicle, uh, yes. yes. Yeah, I David, you are wired today. Speaking of, speaking of the wire, you said champagne and beers. <laughs> Got them amped. Um, so uh, I think it's a Starburst. I mean, <laughs> oh, guys, you had Starburst. You, and you, did, you weren't like, Starburst. hey, does anybody want any Starburst? You were late. Yeah. If you'd been here on time, you oh. would have been offered Starburst. Now you're crapping on the guest. <laughs> he came here from a rehearsal. <laughs> Improv rehearsal, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. That's super awesome. And what also, is, kind of. Yeah, I know. I, I can. Right? I can hear what you, you. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. I didn't. <laughs> All right. You know, well, it didn't even occur to me. I'm just gonna go ahead and, and settle some things as far as that goes. You go Good. right ahead. I'm you can, super engaged right now. Sure. I can tell as he like looks away <laughs> and wipes his nose and goes to other things. Um, no, you still have to practice. Even though you still have to practice skills. Like there are skills that make you good at being able to come up with things on the spot so it's not like we create um a show and then perform that same show right we come up we like we practice and rehearse the skills that make us able to come up with a show on the spot Here's, i think there's just a connotation with the word rehearsal sure if you just yeah. called it practice that would like make perfect sense i guess yeah but that, then you're into sports yeah okay like comedy sports Oh. Which is a thing. Well, that is a yeah. place, yeah. Yeah. It's short form, actually. So, okay, so you're you're an improv guy, and we've had we've had uh, improvisers uh, on the show before, and it's something I'm fascinated by because when it's done poorly, it's one of the worst oh, experiences. Sure, I assume for the audience as well as the performer. Yeah, sure. Um, but when it's done well, it's like the best magic trick. Where you're like, yes. I don't even know how you're able how you're able to do this true and i remember back when i used to act and every once in a while we would play like improv games and i hated them because i was terrible at them and like and so you you do improv and you do it on you know you do it on stage you do it in front of an audience being on stage doing like actually saying lines that i had rehearsed that already made me nervous but like you have to come up with stuff on the fly like is the pressure and other people are depending on other people on stage are depending on you. Like, does that, does that kind of tension ever get to you or do you, are you, are you somebody that finds it invigorating? Yeah. Um, number two. Okay. I like, I, well, I don't, I would much rather go having nothing than having something prepared. Like, oh my. like I've done theater and I enjoy it and it is a thrill, but those are lines, like I will never be able to forget improv lines because I'm making them up. Hmm. Now, there are things like that you set up that you want to be able to call back or like you give somebody a name, but then you can't remember the name after you've said it. So then, so there are little things that you want to be able to remember. Um, 
but you're also a part of a team. So like if I go out there with nothing, then I know that I can rely on somebody else to start something and then you build something together. So it's not like I have to carry a show. Although I've done like one person shows before that I've enjoyed doing. Um, one person Im- improv. Yeah. How I, do you do that? I did a show. Um, it was, it was closer to stand. One of them was closer to stand up, and one of them wasn't. So one of them I did. Uh, I dressed up like a zombie and then sang songs about what it was like being a zombie. <laughs> uh, it's called Jeff the Zombie, and uh, so and I would interact with the audience and like so all the songs I had pre written, but the stuff I talked about, some jokes I'd written, and some things I. Had uh, would just sort of like ramble and, and make up. But the other show that I did, um, uh, that I improvised was, um, Perry sweet. And he had his own radio show. It was the sweet spot with Perry sweet. Hi y'all. <laughs> I'm Perry sweet. You just hit sweet spot, with Perry sweet. And then I would just take calls and, you know, when people call in and I'd answer their questions. Uh, so I was in an audience and, um, they would like, somebody would raise their hand and I'd, I'd call them out and then they'd ask me a question and then I would give them advice. Perry sweet would give them advice. So, okay. So it was a, it was a, like romantic advice or just life advice, just life advice. All right. Now, this just, sounds like so much fun. Oh, that's also well, on the internet. Is. If you uh, go to youtube.com slash sweet spot, but you spell sweet spot, sweat spot. Cause it's <laughs> spelled sweat, but pronounced sweet. Fair enough. Yes. If you just search for episode one, I think there's a lot of like other, like, um, random. That's the, that's the good episode. Um, I want to ask you about the, uh, the questions from the audience. Uh, what percentage of them uh, is the audience trying to be funny? And do you, would you rather they just ask honest questions and you be funny or do you not mind the, them trying to be funny? Um, well, I was in a, like, the audience kind of knew what was going on. Like, most of the people who come to see those shows are also improvisers. And so they kind of know, like, it's like I, I was at a, a Magic Castle uh, res- relatively recently and saw that there was another, like, magician or a guy who thought he knew magic. Um, and when the guy was trying to do a trick, he would, like, the guy in the audience would try to do his own trick. It was just really annoying for like everybody else Ugh. in the audience it's and like the irritating. Guy in the audience at the yeah. concert, like finger playing along to Van Halen's solo. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my, le- it's, it's one of my least favorite things. Uh, when somebody like when a comedian, like anytime when I, back when I used to watch, uh, David Letterman, like when he would go into the audience, it's always one of my least favorite things because the person would, sometimes try to throw out a little joke or something like that. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, you're, you're terrible. You're not, even if you are funny, you're not as funny as the guy I tuned in to watch. Right. And I feel like that's, that's the thing. And I don't know. It's, I remember one time, this isn't exactly the same thing because this isn't a funny person. One time I was watching, this is in the nineties. I was watching, uh, the price is right. And the guy, he won the, um, what do you call it? The beginning part. What do you, bit on the first thing i don't know and he got to, he got up, up on stage with bob barker and before bob barker started the first game the guy said hold on bob i want to show you my fire fire marshal bill impression oh from in living color and he did fire marshal bill for bob barker and bob barker is 
75 years old and has no fucking clue who that is. Uh, and it was really awkward. Oh, that sounds horrendous. And this is, and this is one among, among so many other reasons, like this is why like uh, improv, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't do any kind of performing uh, anymore, but like by why improv would just scare the hell out of me is because you, there's just so much unpredictability, mm-hmm. but I guess you, I guess, people like you thrive on that kind of thing right yeah yeah it's harder to like i still kick myself for mis quote unquote mistakes even though there are you know supposedly no mistakes but they're like if you haven't prepared enough for a theater like that's all my my fear is that i haven't in in like a play is that i don't really know all the lines that i'm supposed to know Mm -hmm. and that then not not only does that mess me up but that messes up everybody else yeah this is not the same. Like, I don't know. I know a lot of other people who are way more comfortable being prepared. But, like, I feel like expectations, like, you know, if you go into something with nothing and then come up with something cool, people are super impressed. Whereas people just sort of expect you to be great doing Shakespeare. Like, because <laughs> Shakespeare is great, you know? I mean, I don't know. I've seen some pretty bad Shakespeare. But, you know, like, people, but people are super disappointed because they're like, oh, but how can you mess up you mess that up <laughs> uh let me ask you because um let me ask you a movie question this is a movie podcast about improvisation okay there was a time when there was like this is spinal tap and then like christopher guest's mm-hmm. uh directorial things where it was uh and i, I don't want to diminish it by saying it was a novelty but it was almost it was a part of the fabric of the movie like this is what we're doing mm-hmm. and then it got to a point where you had these comedies, Judd Apatow comedies and all this stuff in the past decade or so where improvisation was a heavy part of making comedies. And mm-hmm. now this year you've got movies like American Hustle and Wolf of Wall Street, which are big, prestigious studio, like end of war year Oscar type bait right. movies uh, that rely very heavily on improvisation. What do you think of the role of improvisation in movies and how it's, how it's changed? I actually didn't know that, um, uh... American Hustle had a lot of because I'm not. I, I didn't. I didn't know American Hustle. American Hustle has a ton, more than I think. Wolf of Wall Street, you can kind of tell when they're just like fucking around. Yeah, but mm-hmm. for, based on stories I've read, American Hustle is like almost every scene is. Wow, I had no idea. Improvised. Oh, that's cool. I heard Friday Night Lights was a lot of improvisation as well. That's fascinating. Um, so my, the question is about my feelings about improv in movies. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. something we we've talked about it on the show before, and just the idea that. Uh, the reliance, or one could say, the over reliance on improv. Well, the the example that I film. use, uh, which is not a good example because a lot of people actually really like this movie, but from last year, the the Twenty One Jump Street remake, mm-hmm. I had a problem with it because it felt like, to, in, in certain scenes, they were letting the improvisation go to the detriment of the fact that they're actually supposed to be trying to tell a story. Like I know it's like this crazy comedy and everything, but. Mm-hmm. It, there are things in the movie that just like don't make sense to me, and I think a lot of it is because they were more focused on let's just let Jonah Hill fuck around and lose track of the movie a little bit, and that that kind of bothers me. Yeah, um, well, I, I I don't know. I'd fall on the opposite end of that a little bit because I think, I, and this is actually something that I've probably learned from improv is that if you rely too hard on the story, like then you lose a little bit of texture. Like I know if you if you actually mess up the story, then that's one thing. Like you or don't want to do that. The characters, is yes, that yeah, that would yeah. be problematic. But if you can successfully like maintain the character, like it's okay to see, um, like even like improv has affected the way I write 
like so now i write a little bit more like an improviser and in an improv in a long form improv show unless you're doing specifically um some sort of like genre narrative show where the where it's supposed to be um like a specific type of like where you absolutely have to follow plot like if you're going to do like improvised shakespeare which is an actual show like people do that um or like then uh then plot is part of it but the thing if you just follow plot strictly you have this real particularly in improv you have this real awkward like sort of skeleton of a story that's real boring but if Uh you focus on the characters and their relationships whether or not those plot points really meet up as long as you have the like you have really engaging material so there are actually some movies uh that are scripted but they take a little time to wander like this scene has nothing to do with the plot but it's productive because we get to know the characters Mm -hmm. or like we get to feel um we get to feel a part of this world. Like one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite transitions in a, in a movie ever was in uh, while you were sleeping where like, it's just kind of make a confession. I've never seen while you were sleeping. Okay. Absolved. <laughs> <laughs> the, there's, there's just this kid riding a bicycle and he throws the newspaper and loses balance on the bike and just falls over. <laughs> we don't know who that kid is. He's, it's just like an exterior shot of the house. The kid falls over. We're in the house. You know, like new scene. It was just <laughs> the transition scene. And, and now you've made me want to see the movie. <laughs> yeah, and it's just totally just a little bit, just a little dash of non-plot relevant reality that gives like texture and like a life to the world. And not necessarily uh, doesn't necessarily function story wise, but uh, gives provides atmosphere, which is. And I I totally agree with that. I'm just wondering, do you agree with me that there are some movies that over rely on it in terms in terms of the comedy, uh, just like a weak script, and then we'll just hire again. I'll use Jonah Hill as an example. We'll just hire Jonah Hill or whatever, and he can make this funny. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm actually kind of torn because I would love to be in a in a in a movie where people are just like, okay, this is kind of the scene that we want. Go, uh-huh. you know, like that sounds super fun to me. Oh, the other uh, one, but from this year, that's not like a studio comedy is Drinking Buddies. I don't know if you saw that, but that's mm-hmm. a uh, movie that has no had no written dialogue whatsoever. Okay, uh, but it's it's what you're talking about. That there's a. Mm-hmm. There's a skeleton of a story, and then it's every scene they just... Yeah, like the Christopher Guest stuff was, I think, really lovely, you know, and even some poignant moments that mm-hmm. were improvised. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess you could get a little lazy. Like, I read that, um, or heard on an interview, who knows Who knows where I hear things, um, that uh, uh, Arrested Development was not improvised, even though there's a, like a nice feel for it. And Uh he said, yeah, this, the person I was talking to was like, yeah, they would let us try to improvise, but typically what they'd written was better. So we just stuck with it. Like they'd give us a couple takes to try something new. And then that's also a show that like, it feels loose, but it's actually really meticulous. Right. Very. Yeah. Almost suffocatingly. So Uh in the Netflix version. Yeah. I'm, I'm a defender of the Netflix season, but anyway, that's, yeah. And and that's something that I appreciate. Like, I think that, you know, writers do have a responsibility, but one of the things that I like about acting is writing, you know, Mm -hmm. like I like being able to create and add like my own sort of whatever. So if the actor can, bring something useful to that then 
you know, then I think that's awesome. And I think that's, I think that's, David, you brought up Jonah Hill, and I think he's maybe the best example uh, in movies like Moneyball and certainly Wolf of Wall Street, where, I mean, some of the, which is a very funny film, but like some of the biggest laughs for me come from lines that are so, so inherently funny. And you can tell that Jonah Hill probably uh, ad-libbed that, uh, ad-libbed that line. But then at I the same time. I think my favorite one in Moneyball is the. Uh, Benihana? No, in Moneyball. Oh, oh in Moneyball, pardon when me. When he's yes. like, uh, do you want this open or closed? Yeah, and it's just. <laughs> and that's the thing. Did you see Moneyball? Uh, yes. Yeah, so it's like a very yeah. tense like scene between Brad Pitt and Philip Seymour Hoffman, and then they storm out, and he's just like. Do you want the door open or closed? Yeah. It's a very funny moment. And he's somebody yeah, I'm reminding who, the, I know you saw it. I'm reminding the audience. And he's somebody who... That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just imagine you're like thinking, yeah, I just fucking said I <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jonah Hill is somebody, I think, Kale, is, as you mentioned, somebody who zeroes in on the character and understands like anything I come up with has to be 100% true to the character and it needs to maybe not necessarily reveal character, but it needs to be an extension of the character. And I yeah. feel like that, like that line in Moneyball, the character's awkward. He doesn't totally know where he fits. And in mm-hmm. that scene where you just had people yelling at each other and, and that kind of thing, it's just like, ah, this is very tense. And now <laughs> I have to leave and I'm the last one out. Ah, do you want this shot? Like <laughs> yeah. it, and you get humor out of that. And then I think he totally understood his character in Wolf of Wall Street. And so anything he had lived there, I think, fits that character yeah. 100%. Did when you I get a chance using, to see Wolf of Wall Street? I haven't seen that. Oh, when okay. I was using Jonah Hill as an example, I'm not using him as an example of the movies being bad. Yeah. Like, he's mm-hmm. the, exactly the right guy, but I'm, what I'm saying is, I, I don't know if it's Although writer the studios. Or, you did accuse them of not being great in 21 Jump Street. I accused the movie of not being Of being cause because rambly. What's that? <laughs> you said he was rambly, basically. I, pretty, I, I, I don't think that's he, what I he said. Varied, no, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> but you said that he varied from from his character <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe in I such a way that it, I, it interrupted the story, like a ramble would. Uh, yeah, I guess that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of sucks in 21 Jump Street, but I like him. In a, uh, See, I enjoyed 21 Jump Street. It made me laugh. And I think that's an important, I'm going to interrupt you and probably not let you finish your thought until I'm done with mine. And by then, I've, at which point, I've been having the same thought for 356 episodes. <laughs> we just like drop in on it for an hour, or okay. a couple hours a week. Um, uh, so the thing is, like, I think you have to figure out uh, or realize like what you're making. Like 21 Jump Street, I don't feel like is necessarily the about the art of filmmaking. Like, I think there is artfulness to comedy. Absolutely, I think there's like um like artfulness to entertainment but i don't think those are the same thing they're not mutually exclusive but i don't think art and entertainment are the same and if the point of 21 jump street is to make me laugh um then whatever you can do to make me laugh in this world if it makes me laugh it has served its purpose see this gets to something that tyler and i have talked about a lot uh, um in in terms of how how what we feel the filmmaker's intent is which is mm-hmm more important than knowing what the actual filmmaker's intent is, right? Or wasn't that something we were going to talk about? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, are you are you referencing the email chain that you and I yeah, recently yeah, yeah. were a part but of? We've okay. talked about similar things Yeah. Uh, otherwise. Um, because I feel like the problem with 21 Jump Street is that in I, I feel like it is maybe a bit duplicitous because it presents itself as an action comedy in a lot of ways. Okay. But it is completely willing to... 
uh, forego uh, uh, the the action part or the sort of the, the sort of stricter plotting that you need in an action movie mm-hmm. uh, whenever it's uh, convenient. Whereas another movie, and here I'm going to I'm going to sound really like Armand White, but um, one of the most underrated studio comedies of recent years is Brett Ratner's Tower Heist. And I know that I'm not that, I'm, that I'm not a defender a, of Brett Ratner. People like that movie, but Tower Heist I didn't. Tower Heist is a good movie, I say that. and I think <laughs> but be, I didn't. because it is it's also an action comedy or a thriller type comedy or heist comedy mm-hmm. that never forgets that it's telling this story about these characters and uh the comedy colors that so maybe we're getting my personal taste that i'd rather ha- i'd rather sure. have it be an action comedy than a comedy action and i feel like you and i have said in the past like as we as listeners know one of our favorite movies is dirty work <laughs> have you ever seen dirty work with norm mcdonald no no, no. Boy, oh boy. I think I've maybe seen snippets of it. But. It's really You and the listener owe it to yourselves to seek out dirty work and laugh hysterically because it's funny. It is in many other ways terrible. It is, there are a lot of ways that it is not a good Directed movie. by Bob Saget. <laughs> Directed by, yeah. Um, oh. St- right there probably is a way in which it is terrible. <laughs> so why didn't you like Tower Heist? What? <laughs> yeah. I, what? So aside did, from did you your hear thing. Say, yeah. Well. It's, I, I'm, I've moved on to talk about... <laughs> You and I regularly talk about if something is funny. Well, the uh, thing about improv is <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think I feel I felt like we were having still having the same conversation here. Well, I I you guys were having a conversation. Now I'm joining in and right, saying and that, I feel like Tower Heist is still a part of this conversation. Fair enough. I haven't seen it. And so and that's, that's why, why I've feel moved like on. It's not. That's why I moved on. <laughs> um, but I'm saying we can still talk about this issue while getting to the root of Kale's wrongness about Tower Heist. <laughs> that's that's the spirit uh, with a guest. Um, but no, it's uh, that's something that you and I have come back to uh, time and time again, especially when it comes to comedy, which is if it is, if it is funny. No, I said a comedy. Uh, <laughs> if it is funny, then that's enough. Uh, you know, and, and that, so we, but. I don't know that I feel that way anymore. Really? Yeah. I think that's what happened to you, David. We, we, you know, I don't think I feel that way anymore. Used to be cool. And I wonder if it's because I live in Los Angeles, which has a thriving and booming alternative or I don't like that word, but like comedy scene Mm -hmm. where I can go see people just be up, get up and be purely funny doing stand up or improv, which are the purest forms, the the purest artistic comedy forms to me. Aha. I I have have something to say about that. When I watch a movie, I want it to be a movie now as well. Okay. What do we okay. have to say about that? Um, just about improv. Like, well, uh, all right. There are different schools of thought on improv, which is actually something really cool. I actually really love the philosophy behind improv. Like, awesome. there's a bunch of stuff behind it. Uh, there are some schools for which, like UCB, for example, um, would suggest that improv is for comedy. Um, one of the things that I like about uh, about IO is that it says that comedy. Uh, is a byproduct of improv, but not the purpose of it. So you like, I've actually seen really like, like, whereas you'll go, um, uh, whereas you can see a show that's like really hilarious, like, and laugh a bunch and like, Oh, that was fun. But then you leave like, and it's nothing, you know, it was just a fun, fun time. But I've seen shows that, um, weren't necessarily the most hilarious shows, but they were like, they like, there are these really poignant and beautiful moments kind of woven in. And the really cool thing about that is they were making it up as they were going. Um, but it didn't seem like stilted or weird or like put upon, 
but it was still these like really like deep moments um in like the lives of these characters that we're exploring uh and that's something that i think is really cool um so i was only saying that to say that i don't think that the point of improv is necessarily purely comedic hmm. that improv is it, that's necessarily what is I itself its own thing either but i guess what i i guess what i'm getting at is that when someone, gets, when someone gets up on stage to be funny that's a more pure comedic art than a comedic movie um and i don't because know you, now that i say that out loud i don't know that i entirely agree with that but that's <laughs> yeah. kind of how i that's kind of how i felt lately where this thing that tyler and i used to say where it's if, if a movie's funny a lot more is forgivable i feel that way less and less i feel, I I feel betrayed if, nowadays i think so long as you agree the as long as the filmmakers um like adhere to the rules that they've set in their reality mm-hmm. so like um uh, 21 jump street was like a heightened reality it was a specific reality so when when things that happen like well that would never happen nobody would respond that way to that thing well that's okay because we live in a world where people don't necessarily respond this way to that thing. Mm-hmm. but now like if randomly you know a pterodactyl flies in for no reason then like well no you didn't say we were in that world right if we are uh, cool i'd love to be <laughs> in that place with dinosaurs also in this buddy cop movie you know yeah but i agree with you I you're think you're I, you're convincing me i feel like that is what was missing yeah from the film <laughs> I, uh i think that you and i agree we just feel differently about how successful 21 jump street was <laughs> doing that whereas those directors previous film cloudy with a chance of meatballs right. is uh almost perfect to me mm-hmm. i think that movie is amazing i, don't uh, know I you didn't guys see it. saw that one did no. you see that one Cla- oh yeah absolutely okay. i, I didn't see it i'm a grown-up <laughs> oh, oh good yes let's, i'm just kidding. Let's, yeah, i'm just kidding let's kick this conversation into i was actually idea. like when you said uh talking about films that i liked or movies that i liked i was like what do i like and then because <laughs> uh, one of actually one of the things that that i hate it was birthed from it started off as a joke because my general reaction to things is meh it's uh-huh. all right could have been better could have been worse um but uh something that i saw recently this is completely off topic but uh except for the fact that I liked it was, um, and, and it's a cartoon, uh, is death note. Did you guys see death note? No, no, please do. Okay. It's death a, the whole series is on YouTube. Okay. Um, and like it's an anime and from the first episode, like on, and even if you listen to the dub version, I know there's a lot of purists who are like dubbed, like the voice acting is still pretty good. Like it's not, mm. um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, over the top or whatever. It's actually still pretty good. But yeah, like from the first episode, somebody told me if I watched the first episode, I wouldn't be able to stop. And they were totally right. So I watched one episode and I was like, hmm, what's going to happen in episode two? And then from then on, I just binge watched the whole thing. Death Note. That's Death interesting. Note. And it's anime, which I've I've only ever seen one anime series, which is Cowboy Bebop, which, which is, I thought which was is great. awesome. Really I really fun. enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, I was curious. So both in research and in I Hate It, how much of the how much improvisation was in were in those? Uh, uh, Adam's not a huge like. Okay, I shouldn't say that Adam, the director, uh, he's okay with improv so long as we at least have a few takes of whatever's in the script, and if we're gonna add stuff, like maybe stick it on to the end. So if he wants to edit it out, he can. But if he wants to leave it, whatever. Mm-hmm. One of my problems is if I don't if I haven't learned the lines well enough. Or if I just am in a certain mood, I'll just change the lines every take, 
which is horrible to do for editors. <laughs> so <laughs> if there are any actors listening, don't do that. They they will hate you for it. Like my name became a curse word to oh my. really killed that up. I don't know actually if they <laughs> if they said that, but um, <laughs> you just imagined. Yeah, but they were for sure cursing my name. Um, but so for um, uh, but for I so for, there's some stuff in uh, research where that I just like made up at the time or I tweaked or changed. Um, in the moment, but less so for I hate it because I remembered all the problems and it was a lot of dialogue. We did, we shot all those episodes, 10 episodes. We shot them all in one day. Hmm. So that was a lot. Like, so I didn't really have a lot of time to play around. Yeah. But the way we wrote it was still pretty, you know, a lot of give and take, throwing out a joke. Uh, let's try another one. Like, so we got to play around with some stuff. Yeah. I really like if I can compliment you a little bit. Please uh, do. <laughs> you talked you talked earlier about um, the premise of the character and research that when you said it out loud, it sounded like I, I don't know. I can't remember what word cliche. Word, cliche. Um, Derivative was another word I was thinking of. Uh, and I was thinking of maybe the, my biggest uh, my biggest laugh in the episode of I, I episode of I hate it that I watched was you keep getting Gamer Del Toro's name wrong, and at one point you call him Mr. Del Taco, which, again, when I just say it, divorce it, it seems like, oh, yeah, he's Mexican. It seems like an easy joke. But it's incredibly funny in the moment, and I think that you're really good at that, at, at, at sort of bringing life. Maybe that goes back to the character thing we're talking about, that it comes from who the character is, and that's why it doesn't seem like something you would see elsewhere. Okay. Well, thank you. And, and that was a scripted line, by the way. Was it? It wasn't even one that I wrote. I think that was Adam's joke. It's a it's a solid joke because I'm so vain that I keep track of whose jokes <laughs> are whose. Uh, now we should wrap up soon. Okay. I wanted to mention this movie. I can't couldn't find a way in. I wanted to bring up the Armand White thing because oh, we didn't okay. talk about it yet. I don't Did even know who that this? is. Okay. So Armand White is a uh, is um. Is, I feel like I should though. Is a film critic? I guess. Yeah, I guess that's. Ugh, right. Sounds like the worst. Um, I can't remember who they're. He, they're pretty terrible. Uh, he used to write for someone for a long time. I can't remember. I now remember. he writes for City Arts. Yeah, in New York. Uh, in New York, and a couple of years ago, he made some headlines when he was the. Um, the the host of the New York is it New York Film Critics Circle or just New York Critics Circle? Uh, I think it's New York Film Critics Circle. Okay, New York yeah. Film Critics Circle Award, which celebrities attend. It's why on earth they thing. chose him to host? Is well, he's astounding. the chairman. He was the chairman at the time. Yeah, why he's the chairman? Why they give him? Why any, he has any authority at all is fascinating to me. Um, I love him, by the way. Um, more and more every day. Uh, anyway, he hosted this thing and basically just found ways to be pa- to passive aggressively insult everyone who was either presenting or winning an award. Um, you know, like going like with Annette Benning, there's the thing where he went out of his way to praise her performance in a movie other than the one she was nominated for, like to sort of imply, like, I didn't think you were very good in the kids are all right. Uh, and it's, I, I don't know why, like you're clearly annoyed. I get a kick out of it. Um, and then, so this, this past week, he's no longer the chairman. He was just attending, um, and the, so this past 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 week uh, at the at the awards, um, when Steve McQueen won, I guess best director or whatever yeah. for Twelve Years a Slave, someone in the vicinity of where Armand White was sitting shouted, called him a doorman and a garbage and a garbage man, man. Um, and said, "Fuck you, kiss my ass." Yeah, <laughs> this is why I don't like Armand White. All right, <laughs> and by the way, we don't know that that was him. 
Okay. Well, here's what he did say. And I didn't, li- I didn't listen to him on slash film cast, uh, where he, they had him on to defend oh, this himself. Week they did? Yeah. Oh, I haven't listened yet, but awesome. I did listen to a, a little defense that he, he offered. And he said, well, I did say that he did. I didn't no, say, did. I didn't yell it at the stage. I just said it to the people at my table and just like, mm. but if everyone in the room heard it, I think then maybe but did everyone in the room hear it? Because, I mean, maybe, the story maybe, is that Steve McQueen didn't. Oh, okay. Maybe rumor just just. And then that's the thing. Armored White has this reputation now. So if one person at the next table heard it, everyone in the room ends up knowing it. That's true. Uh, because and I, I think, anyway, I guess what I'm getting at is that as much as I am a pompous uh, cineast, I also love deflating pompous cineasts. And so uh, I kind of think, you know what? The New York Film Critics Circle Awards are just like these these nerds they get these famous people to show up and they get to feel good about themselves because oh all these famous people showed up because we like their movie we're so important and so if armin white is yelling out fuck you kiss my ass and ruining the decorum of the thing i'm kind of okay with that it's kind of fun to me david you and i are are cineasts Uh which i don't like saying because i always feel like i'm gonna get it wrong and say cineasses but uh is it too late to change the name of this podcast to the cineasses i think (laughs) itunes says if you get in before 360 episodes i think you're good (laughs) but um but yeah but it's just that's what that's basically what we do we have people on we have Noted actor and improviser Kale McCann. Yes. Noted, by the way. People have made note. I took note. I said, <laughs> we got to get this guy yeah. before, uh, you know, like before everyone knows about him and he becomes in demand. Um, and uh, <laughs> Because I so for like, sure would not have been here otherwise. You never know. But, okay, but, like, but, is, and, it came, and it came about because uh, I enjoyed his, I enjoyed his know, work. I want to get Kale's input on this story because are you hearing this for the first time now? Yeah. So I'm a little confused. What's the question? Just what do you what think a, of Armand White's supposed behavior at the New York Film Critics Circle Awards this past week? Asshole or uh, refreshing, a breath of fresh air? Raconteur. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I think it's just from the story that you've told me, uh, it sounds like just rude. Like, even if it's <laughs> even if it's called for, it's like, well, okay, you know, he's getting an award let him get an award like let him just enjoy it if you think he doesn't deserve it that's okay but like it's like i said it's the it's the purpose it's intent like um like having ricky gervais host whatever it was he hosted was it academy like, awards or whatever golden globes, golden globes. Yeah. um I know that. Golden and he you know and he was sort of poking fun one of the reasons why they wanted him to do it was because they knew what they were getting yeah you know so kind of like if this is what's supposed to happen but it's like well what you know why ruin somebody's day that's supposed to be a good day you know or like <laughs> i don't know just uh depends on the the context like i think anybody being i hardly ever think that rude people are a breath of fresh air you know like it just and maybe okay here's the thing uh on on pay all things being equal on paper i agree with you but i think <laughs> the reaction against Armand White is so stuffy and pearl clutching and annoying oh, sure. that it annoys me. It upsets me more okay. than what he did. I'm more annoyed at the people who think that New York Film Critics Circle is uh, the fucking coronation of the queen or whatever and yeah, it needs okay. perfect decorum. 
Fair uh, than I am at Armand White, who is, yeah, I, I don't support rudeness. I try not to be rude in public. <laughs> I, when people come to this podcast, that you know, I'll be rude. Yeah, all bets are off. Yeah, and so uh, it's, it's half my podcast. I can be uh, rude half the time. Mm, that's anyway. generous. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> so, I think what gets me, aside from everything Armand White, is that uh, at the very least, like, you're not adding much to the conversation by just yelling "fuck you." Like, if you don't like his movie, I'm not a huge fan of Twelve Years a Slave. But yeah. like, it's like, oh, I finally. Finally- <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Um, but just like, it's just like, oh, the filmmaker's in the same room with me, and I didn't care for his film. Now is my chance. Fuck you, kiss my <laughs> yeah. ass. Well, I guess I made my point. Yeah, it was just. Oh. But that's the thing, even in what, he, like, even uh, if yeah, I was totally on board sense. with what he was doing, he even found a way to make me angry about how he was rude. Yeah, uh-huh. there's definitely, I definitely had my fantasies when I was younger about subverting, like, the the culture of fame and, like, the sort of pomp of ridiculous things, you know, yeah. or, like, in the Oscars. Like, I always wanted, uh, I, I care less about this stuff now but like i always thought hey if i was winning an oscar or if i was not winning an oscar if i was attending the oscars i would dress up like a clown or like but like a clown in a tuxedo mm-hmm. so i just have really long black shoes and like <laughs> you know maybe a black nose <laughs> a black rubber nose and whatever um just because it's like so full of itself like that i feel like somebody sort of like like indicating how full of itself it is is can be funny and a little bit charming but then there's but then there's also like oh what a what a jack and ape you know (laughs) (laughs) like like what a like okay ha you made your point but now you just look like a douchebag because you're the you're the only one who thinks it's funny (laughs) except for like one other guy who's like (laughs) yeah (laughs) just just david Uh, by the way, while we're on the topic of uh, Oscar speeches, I always said if I ever had like a few minutes on national TV, I would say uh, I would make some announcements, which is if you're on an escalator, stand to the right, walk to the left. I don't know why right. that's so fucking hard to figure out. Sure. And when you're done with your shopping cart, it's not take the 20 seconds to go put it away in the little corral. Yeah, don't just leave yeah. it in the middle of the fucking parking lot. I agree. Those, with are, the that, that that, those are the things that yeah. I would say if I won an Oscar. It, if that's the thing, and then like, all your friends who hoped you get there would be like, "What the? <laughs> really? You're not even gonna? I'd like to thank my agent." Or, but that's the thing. Nope, is all those people are like, "Well, the, I can't argue with that shopping shopping cart thing." Yeah. yeah. No, I've been guilty of that. Oh, here's something that I did that was uh, I thought was funny, and so did my mom. There's a guy, some, some guy uh, parked like diagonal. In like you know, spaces are oh. are not that would like the spaces were parked you know because his car is so fucking precious he can't risk it getting I scratched or dinged right that's why people do that i think is it in theory i don't know but so he ended up taking up literally four spaces because oh. he was cutting across lanes like he just parked in the middle of all four <laughs> of these things which i found super douchey and rude so I just surround, so with all those straight carts that are left in the middle of the parking lot, I just surrounded his car with them. And then my mom and I were fortunate enough to come out right as he was coming out. And he came out and he was like, he like raises, oh, this is not as interesting a visual on the radio, but he just sort of like shrugged. He's like, what the? Oh, and he's like super like annoyed that he had to move like the carts. <laughs> That's like something. Did you have the carts all like 
facing the car, so they're like, it's like an eyes wide shut when they're all like they're con- in with they're the confronting mask. the car. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember. I think I might have just like cluttered them around. Like I don't, like I wasn't touching the car. I wasn't like any scratches or anything. Yeah. But I made it to where he had to do some work to get out of his every, precious parking space. Every once in a while, and in Los Angeles especially, but anywhere really. Um, You'll find people, some people, not everyone obviously, but like some people act in a way that you thought people only acted in movies that are not good. Like, like, oh, they, it's like, okay, they're having this guy, they're, they're doing this as a shorthand to show that this guy's an asshole. And just like, they're having him take up four spaces and you watch movies like, that's ridiculous. Surely, surely nobody in life would do that. Right. Obviously not. Two spaces, maybe. Four spaces, like, surely the guy cannot justify this to himself. No one can. Who could? This movie's bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. that, that's what, but then, yeah. And in the same a character that 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 Rick Hawkman would play in a movie, oh, if no people question. know who that character actor is. You are spot on. Exactly it is a shame people don't know who he is because <laughs> that, that you're absolutely right. But like, and then every once in a while. Another one is like, it's like, oh, here's somebody in a super nice car zooming through traffic, never using their signal and endangering everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you see it in a movie and it's like, yeah, I get it. This guy's going to get some kind of comeuppance. Or he's an action hero. Or, yeah, or that's, yeah. Uh, Lucky no one was hurt. Oh, uh, our, our, one of my least favorite lines in film ever used to paper over something in the bad f- boys too. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's after for the, for both Kayla and the listeners, because it's been referenced multiple times after the, the car chase on the bridge in bad boys too, mm-hmm. when a billion cars have blown up and clearly there are at least two dozen civilian fatalities. <laughs> when Joe Pantoliano is chewing out, uh, his, his, his officers, he says, you're lucky no one was hurt. Like that's, that's the, how yeah. they everyone's okay. Don't worry. No one was hurt. You saw a bunch of cars blow up, but no one right. was hurt. Yeah. That seems like a last minute addition <laughs> yeah. to the, the situation. Just like, like someone tapped Michael Bay on the shoulder. It was like, mm. oh, people are dead now. There's gotta be some fallout for the bodies. Um, the body count is, but yeah, the zooming through traffic and the taking up the of parking spaces. Like if I see it in a movie, not only do I not believe it, I think it's, I think it's too much and it, and it makes me view the film as bad, but right. like, <laughs> but you see it in life and you're like, don't you realize you are a cliche of a bad movie? Yeah. yeah. You've That's, made life bad. <laughs> right. I don't, be- my- I don't believe this reality now. <laughs> the roof, the movie of my life is two and a half stars now because of you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, speaking of stuff like that, I know we need to wrap up. We I'm do sorry. need to wrap up. I've got, I've got two, I've got a question. Uh, about I hate it, and then I have a comment. I'll say the comment first because it's apropos of nothing. Um, okay. Well, not nothing. It's the it's the Michael Bay Bad Boys thing. So I was rewatching Jurassic Park the other day sure. with my wife. Yeah, a movie that uh, I still enjoy, and st- but there's a lot of flaws with it, and it's and it's no Jaws. But then what movie is? The character of Gennaro, otherwise known as the lawyer. Because nobody took the, nobody ever takes the time to know his name. Uh-huh. Sure, he got eaten on the toilet. That's him. Yeah, and people know that for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was. He, he sure. I know, but it's not. Everyone says he get, gets eaten on the toilet. It's like, yes, but he wasn't going to the bathroom. <laughs> I, he was sitting on the toilet, but he's not going to the bathroom. He's not. For some reason, in my head, I just remember him with his pants down. Right. I feel like he was going. Yeah. Was was he not? No, no he wasn't. He's he, just, he just cowering. He's yeah, he cowering. cowering. But he had his pants on. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, All cowering right. with his pants. On. So it's somewhat ignominious. <laughs> yeah, but not that ignominious. It's just a funny story. He's just cowering with his pants <laughs> on, like, <laughs> like that's some, like that's somehow like new. That's something new that people can do when they cower. <laughs> just have their pants on. Oh. <laughs> I don't. So, well, I assumed at, as a coward, I, I already have a lot of shame, so I just rip my clothes off. It's like, yeah. well, you can cower with your pants on now, huh? Oh, you don't say. Well, that's, interesting. I feel like that would be easier. It is chilling than the way I've cowered before in the past. But uh, this is this is a, a small a small thing, but it's the kind of thing that gets me, David. As you as as I think I've said on the show before, uh, Richard Schiff's death spoilers in Lo- the Lost World Jurassic Park. It always kind of bothered me because it was always viewed as vaguely uh, awesome, primarily because it's shot from afar, and so when they when the two T Rexes rip him in half, I always thought like. Eh. We kind of got to know that character, and I don't think we should view his death as fun or neat. And I feel like the film mm-hmm. treats it that way, but that's not the point. Hmm. Uh, something, something always – I never quite liked the way Gennaro's death was treated in Jurassic Park. And then, I, and then upon rewatching it, I saw one more thing that was like the last thing. It's like, all right, I don't like the way he died. I didn't like it beforehand. I didn't like how, how humorous they treated it. And then this time, right before T-Rex gets him – uh, he's like, you see him wiping the, uh, the water away from his face cause it's raining and stuff. And you notice, I know this is a big deal only to me. Maybe I love he, it. uh, he's got a wedding band. He's married. <laughs> this guy is married. So now admittedly his wife that we've not seen and is not on screen, but it, he has a wife somewhere. This character has a wife somewhere mm-hmm. and she does not know. That millions of people worldwide are watching her husband die. She doesn't know that because uh, in the world of the in the movie, that's there's not, no audience. That's not true. The world, yeah. <laughs> um, but either way, like the the it's I feel like oh like not only does she have to say my husband was eaten by a dinosaur, but it's also treated as light and funny. It's like oh Muldoon's death by the raptors. Oh that's a you know even freaking Nedry who's like treacherous even his death is treated with weight but oh the the lawyer who gets eaten off the toilet like oh that's funny but that man has a wife somewhere a fictional wife that we never see and i feel terrible for him and uh and but then you saw somebody get torn in half by dinosaurs in real life and you're like well i guess it happens yeah exactly (laughs) and you kind of chuckled and you're like all right you know what spielberg you're the expert (laughs) yeah i just haven't uh, had enough experience I was going to wrap it up there, but you said you had one more thing. Uh, yeah, I think we'll wrap up uh, with, with this. Okay. Speaking of I hate it. Okay. Dan so, Adam Hall, great people. Mildly fearsome films on YouTube. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, I, feel, I feel like I haven't done a good job. Like, these are my friends. Like, I haven't done really good to do a good job plugging. You've done a better job than anyone <laughs> that have been in the show before. That's like true. plugging, That's true. like, all the great work that went into, like, all these projects. Um, and of course, some great uh, uh, assistant direction by, by uh, Josh Long. Yeah, you know what? He's a, he's a just a lovely man. Like his demeanor is real. It's great. Yeah. Got a great beard. Real pleasant. Yeah, I often describe him as like Ash from Alien, who is uh, repulsed at uh, genuine human emotion. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Josh, <laughs> Josh is a good friend. So, uh, but uh, so okay. So you've just Ryan Weeda was a director of photography. What was that? Ryan Weeda was a director of photography. Mm, he's good. He's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. You made a good choice there. Great. I'm sorry. Uh, moving on. You, uh, I hate it. You have a question about I hate okay. it. Okay. So you've just 
sat here for over an hour with a couple of uh, guys who fancies th- fancy themselves as uh, film critics with strong opinions. Sure. Um, pompous windbags. Pompous windbags is one option. Uh, smug tossers, we've been called. <laughs> uh, that was a few years ago. I think I we've for- gotten worse. I forgot about that. Was yes. it by a, like an actual British person? I would have somebody so. who yeah. like... It was an iTunes review? Is that right? No, it was in some forum. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, um, smug tossers. A forum that eventually uh, got wind of the fact that I was reading it and, get, and suddenly everyone got really apologetic. But anyway... Um, <laughs> That was a long time ago. Because uh, the minute we they quoted it, the minute I quoted it on the show, the one guy's like, oh, so, hey, uh, I guess they mention, I guess they read this. And uh, <laughs> But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, so you just spent time with two of these people. And you heard tell of Armand White and his mm-hmm. general assholery, one of whom, uh, one of us, champions it, thinks it's the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. My question, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I might have been overstating the case a little bit. David's hero, but yeah, yes. yeah. I also wanted to, I forgot to mention personal idol. The other thing about Armand White that I, you know, philosophically think is ridiculous and awful, but I love in the same anarchic way I love his behavior at the New York Film Critics Circle Awards is that every year he does he doesn't do his best of list. He does a better than list. Yeah. So he basically says, here's a movie I like, and here's why it's better than the movie that all the other critics like. Yeah. So like... And by... and by uh, Man of Steel, better than Gravity. That's his one this oh. this year. Pain and Gain, better than The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of them. The Grandmaster, better than The Great Gatsby. I guess that's not a... By, Byzantium, better than her. Uh, Bullet to the Head. Remember that one? Mm, no, but long, I do want to see The Grandmaster because I like Kung Fu. It's not mm. that great. Oh, that's oh. It's pretty to look at. And I like Wing Chun. That's a specific form of martial arts that he okay. was doing. Yeah. Um. Anyway. The, yeah. That's that's what this, forty-two better than Twelve Years a Slave. Which is not true. I, I, forty-two is not very good. So this is who we're talking about. Bad now, Grandpa, what, better than Nebraska. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at the list now and I'm just loving it. All Here's right. the thing: I'm not even a big fan of Nebraska <laughs> or Twelve Years a Slave, but I know he's wrong. What you were saying about um, uh, him being married and dying in such a humorous okay. way, like, and then hearing about Pain and Gain, I I laughed at Pain and Gain. Like, if it was a if, if that was a, a created entirely fictional mm. movie. I would have thought it was hilarious. In fact, I did think it was hilarious, but then I felt guilty. I yeah. feel like I felt real gross leaving, thinking, "Oh, oh, this some of this happened." But also, there like some of the like I know it's heightened, but uh, the the part where real there's, people there's part, died. There's yeah. a part in the movie in Pain and Gain because I like I really love like the first hour of Pain and Gain, and I kind of thinks it I think it runs out of steam and and sort of repeats itself for most of its second half. Sure, but there's a part. In the second half, where something crazy is happening, and then it pauses and says, "This is still a true story." Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the thing that's happening on screen there is not true. Like that—that that was made. That part, that thing was made up. That kind of annoys me mm. to know. Ah, oh, that's <laughs> every new thing I hear about Michael Bay bothers me, <laughs> and I haven't watched that footage of him storming off stage during some TED talk or whatever. But anyway, because <laughs> it was at CES, uh, whatever. Um, so my question is this. Right, yes, and a question about I hate it. We started it. 30 minutes ago. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it's not your fault. So uh, I, I feel like I'm to blame. So um, <laughs> when you set up the the Kale and Dan characters, uh-huh. uh, Dan, Dan, right? Big Dan, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah, Dan Prevet. Um, 
when you set up these characters, did you base them on not necessarily anybody in particular, but did you have an idea of like, oh, this is my idea of what an online critic is or what a film critic is in general? Or did you just see it as an opportunity to be silly and, and ridiculous? No, and they were of? basically heightened versions of ourselves. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, like just sort of like, um, I mean, the whole thing came from me being like, no, I didn't really like that movie when Adam was like, this was a great movie. And I was like, eh, it was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he just assumed that I hated everything. Okay. Um, uh, and then... So yeah, so then and then like the animosity between sort of Dan and I is just was just sort of uh playful and we thought it's funny. Like it's funny to be real rude to somebody like in not an actual way. Like and this is going to be ugh, kind of the way kind of the way racism is funny when you're not a racist. <laughs> like okay. when you'll say some racist thing but it's only funny if you're not a like because you're pointing out how ridiculous racism is. Right. So if you know, like, and if the audience, your audience knows how you really feel, right. then it's, yeah, I know. I know exactly. Right. Like, I don't genuinely hate this people group um, or necessarily think of them this way, but it's funny that people do, even though yeah. it's tragic. It's tragic that people are racist, yeah. but. If you do it Sorry, the right way, that then, took a weird turn. But then you're pointing the finger back at not necessarily yourself, but the character you're playing or or the right. joke that you're telling, as opposed to the other thing. It it, it like right. We're commenting on racism, and, yeah. not on race. Or yes. so like when you're being super rude um, in these situations, you're commenting on like social norms, societal norms, and expectations. Yes. Um, rather than like you know your actual distaste for. Yeah, I mean honestly, like. On this show, for example, like David and I will often make fun of one another, but mm-hmm. listeners know that like we're old friends. We have a great deal of uh, respect and admiration for one another. So like they know it's like, oh, OK, it's 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 almost like maybe not so much anymore, but it's like that roast humor. Mm-hmm. Like this person can say is saying these things. Some of them might even be true, but you know that this person l- has such a love for you that right. you know that like, oh, it's it's fine. And oh, unfortunately, these days on like the comedy central roast, like they'll often have somebody who really is not that interesting or not a good person in any way and hasn't contributed anything to the mm-hmm. world. And, and then a bunch of comedians that don't know that, that do person. not know who that person is. Yeah. Right. Which is why the yeah. Roseanne roast was so refreshing because everybody knew her and she was an actual comedian. The right. Donald Trump roast, a little different. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so what was uh, the one that Norm Macdonald went up and was that Bob Saget? Yeah. That was a great one. That was a great one. Yes. That was very fun. Um, so now, okay. So those were not, so the characters were not based on anybody uh, at the time. Now that you've hung out with us, mm-hmm. now do you feel like you like, like I'm oh, totally I, I was, justified? I was completely right. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> let's see. That's a good question. It's a loaded question. Yeah. Well, I haven't found you to be. Like you at least have a good humor about your arrogance, fair enough, and pretension, which yeah. I feel like those characters were like pretentious and also had like really no grounds for their pretension. Uh, whereas I feel like you know you guys have obviously watched movies, you're referencing <laughs> them. Whereas here's we the had we've na- only seen the movies that we mentioned in, <laughs> yeah, in this episode. That's we, why we got to wrap up. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're just, just re- running out of movies. <laughs> running out of movies to reference, <laughs> and you have you know about other uh, critics. Whereas Dan and I had not even seen any of the movies. We in fact recorded all of the movies before any of them came out. <laughs> so uh, 
I had a feeling yeah. about that. Cause, yeah. Yeah, because the reviews uh, seem to exist. Uh, I'll put quotes around reviews, by the way. The reviews right. happen uh, seem to happen independently of the film itself. Right. So, um, and yeah, and so uh, we will wrap up. And I will say that uh, I enjoyed uh, research and I hate it. And then what I saw of uh, sudden death quite a bit. Uh, I hate it, especially because, you know, as a film person, even though sure. it's not necessarily film based, uh, it has a special place in my heart yes. and I enjoyed it a great deal. Great. Uh, so I also enjoyed, uh, those things that I saw. I didn't see any. Of okay. Death. Well, maybe um, when you do just get back to me. Okay. And, but I also <laughs> very much enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you very much for being here. This is a lot of fun. You can find us at battleshipretention.com. That's where you find this podcast and other podcasts in the BP fleet. That's also where you find all our movie reviews, both theatrical and home video reviews. Um, you can email us, david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at The Pretension. You can follow Tyler at More Lessons. That's the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can find at morethanonelesson.com. Five-time podcast award loser. <laughs> nice. the susan lucci of the podcast awards <laughs> uh my other podcast is the weekly uh tv podcast with king of tv paul goble it's called hey watch this with paul and david this week we'll be talking about modern family because we haven't talked about it yet, yet this season and we'll be talking about the premiere of uh i want to say it's ron moore's new show helix on sci-fi hmm. i think it's ron moore it's one of the guys behind bsg uh it's battle so galactica for those mm-hmm. who sure yeah um big friendly so giant. that's uh <laughs> that's uh i said bsg uh What's you up? can you can <laughs> um find that uh podcast at battleship retention.com so uh okay where can people find you and your and your work on the internet other than the places we've already told them or you can tell them the same places again. it's essentially just the places we've mentioned mildly fearsome so it's youtube youtube.com slash mildly fearsome films that's what that's where you can see <laughs> most of the work yeah uh that i've done if you there's <laughs> there's like a one-off like we shot a few episodes but only put one up of perry sweet the sweet spot with perry sweet so that's youtube.com slash sweet spot spelled cool. sweat so youtube.com slash sweat spot like um and also and research you, series research series.com but you can see all of that stuff on at the youtube channel if you want to come see uh me and perform improv uh then i'm on two teams one called extra short portly which is danny devito's suit size (laughs) danny devito's suit size extra short portly um we perform if you go to west.ioimprov.com you can look at the schedule we're on like every other tuesday uh at 7 30 for this month and then i'm on another team a four-person team called um next of kin and uh we don't have a website we probably should that'd be a good idea yeah to get a i should probably like advertise things uh, at, at this point you can just be my facebook friend at this point shouldn't <laughs> if you want Dan, Dan devito's suit si- suit size should just be danny devito like if yeah. this is danny devito sized that, right. that's where it should be at this point it should but it's if we were Danny DeVito, like that wouldn't be a good name. <laughs> Danny DeVito size. There are other people not who me. are not Danny DeVito who are similarly shaped. I don't think so. I think it's just him and Humpty Dumpty. No, but I'm saying he's the most famous of them, so sure. they can walk in and say... And live in his shadow. Give me the Danny DeVito. I think, well, that sounn's awful. Like, who would... Like, like, no short, portly okay. person would ALS want... is known as Lou Gehrig's disease. 
but no one thinks that's because Lou Gehrig is the only person who ever had Lou Gehrig's disease. Right. That's what I'm saying. So this should be Danny DeVito's size. But he probably also the wasn't famous the person to have it. Yeah, that just seems rude to me. Like, and now all these people with Lou Gehrig's disease have to live in the shadow of Lou Gehrig. <laughs> like, oh, but I have this disease too. Why do I have to get his disease? <laughs> Insult to injury. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that what uh, Stephen Hawking has? I don't know. I thought Louis he had, I think he has Lou Gehrig's disease. Maybe I'm maybe I'm in uh, incorrect. No, and he's so. super famous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It could be Hawking's disease. Too late though. It's too late. Lou Gehrig got there. First. Well, he's got a lot of other things under his belt. I think that's true. Like the voice. <laughs> <laughs> he's done a lot of big big stuff. Uh, big, you know, science. Yeah. yeah he, he basically invented science, right? That's, that's what he's. Yeah. That's what yeah. he's known for. Uh, quick quick thing. Uh, I actually met Danny DeVito once. And I will say this, I've, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. A scholar and a gentleman. As short as, <laughs> sure, why not? I don't know. It's, he was perfectly cordial to me. Uh, as short as you think he is, get it locked in your mind. As short as you think he is, he's shorter than that. He's shorter than that. <laughs> okay, here's another thing, and this is oh, too late. This goes up Sunday, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so right now at Neon Venus, uh, Next of Kin is performing at 8 p.m. Oh man! Get over there! Get yeah. over there right now! Right away! Yeah, that's people might the, still be hanging out outside the theater. That's the other web series <laughs> uh, and a web series uh, improv team that I'm doing. Okay. Did I ever t- meeting celebrities? Did I ever okay. told the time. I know I told you. I ever told the listener about the time that I met Dan, uh, Dan Aykroyd, um, and it was right before I started film school. And I said, and it was, I went to film school in Chicago. I know he's a Chicago guy, so I said, "Hey, I'm starting film school in Chicago in the fall." And his advice to me was to watch Casablanca. <laughs> I wanted to be like, "Yeah, I'm fucking 19," and I said, "I'm going to film school. I think I know about Casablanca. You're not shining a light on some like obscure gem for me right now." Anyway, so that's, maybe that's Dan Aykroyd can go obviously go fuck himself. Maybe he was saying that <laughs> in lieu of film school. Just watch Casablanca. <laughs> All right, there you go. You'll get everything you right, need out of that. So, movie. in lieu of listening to this podcast, go back two hours and just have watched Casablanca and, and next of Ken and yes. Venus. <laughs> uh, we're actually the second Sunday of every month at eight, maybe seven. You could get there at six. Just to and be that's sure. at yes. West. No, that's at neon Venus. That's at neon Venus. Uh, we sometimes perform at iOS, but okay. that's pretty sporadic and you can't, you can't trust us on man, that. Man, you can't, <laughs> you can't throw a rock at an improv venue and not hit Kale McCann. Well, just he's, those he's two. You could throw rocks at UCB. I haven't been there. Groundlings? Could I throw a rock there? No, I'd rather you didn't. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm going to give you, if, if it's okay, I imagine, is this going to get edited? No. This is all like... Not even a little bit. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be really good. <laughs> if you're interested in knowing my understandings, my limited understandings of each of the schools of improv, I can tell you those things. But I can I can do that also off the air too. If that it doesn't it doesn't you know what we could we could you wrap can it do up. it right now. And, yeah, or we could have you back. That's an option as well. We just talk strictly more. talk about improv. Yeah, I like that. There are probably uh, smarter people good. to talk about improv than me, but I I love it. I love yeah, that. Yeah, but they they topic. weren't to my knowledge in I hate it. Good yeah. point. So. Yeah, uh, you could have Dan here talking about stand up because he's a phenomenal stand up comedian. And what you were saying, I'm just going to keep talking until you just turn it off. That's the, fine. The thing, because I think that'd be a funny thing to do. Because um, I like to leave phone messages on people's phones, voicemails, <laughs> like fill up their whole voice box <laughs> with like one inane, <laughs> inane message after, like, after the other, like a two-parter. I, f- I fooled Doug Jones because I was going to his house for Christmas and I called him up and I said, hey, grandson. 
It's uh, it's me. I'm coming down, uh, coming down your way for Christmas. Just want to make sure everything was all right. Anyway, so I did that for like, I filled up his voicemail box <laughs> twice, like to the point where it's like, there's no more room. <laughs> and uh, he didn't know, <laughs> he didn't know it was me. So he's like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> Who have I invited? <laughs> it's PayPal. That's anyway, because I like to like, create characters and then call him as that character to see, just to bounce him off. Anyway, um. Why did I start that? What what was I talking about? I don't remember. No idea. You said so, uh, referencing before, what you were saying. That's what you said. But uh, I don't remember. You didn't say what you were referencing. Dang it. Otherwise, well, I'd be able to help. Th- that's a... Uh, all right. I got to get up in six hours. So let's uh, wrap this up. Thank you for being here, Kale. Thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 